Hey there, it's Adam. Before we get going, I wanted to talk to you about the way you listen to this show. Most folks are listening on, say, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You might be listening on the player at adamontiel.com. If this is you, I'm kind of curious on how many folks are listening in this way. So if you do, let me know. Go to adamontiel.com. Let me know. I change the way that I'm posting the show on the website. I want to make sure it's still convenient. I'm curious if there's just probably a few. I mean, most the vast majority are listening through their phones or even their browsers off of things like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, right? But if you are listening via adamontiel.com and you've noticed a change in the way that I post the show and it's becoming convenient at all, I want to know about it. Please let me know. So I had it right on the Up and Adam page and I was just posting each day's show above the last, but it made that page incredibly long because I had every single show up since we started the show. So now I got the player there so you could still listen to the show, but the show notes you'd have to click on and go check out. So go to adamontiel.com, hit the stay connected tab. Let me know what's up. Let's chat. I want to make this show as easy for you to consume as possible, no matter how you're choosing to consume it. Fair? All right, let's get into the show. It's community content from Concentrate. You're up and Adam with Adam Montiel. We are Tuesday. My name is Adam Montiel. Thank you so much for being up in Adam. We're going to talk to Michael Lafreniere. He has the coolest job. His office is the bell tower at the Mission in San Luis Obispo. We're going to get the history. We're going to ring them bells ourselves. Oh, yeah. Don't forget reminding folks to please check out our wine podcast called The Poor. It's one. It is available where you get this one. But I would, I would love if you would go... Wherever you're listening to this, Apple Podcasts, most likely Spotify, sure, go search for The Poor, P-O-U-R, with Adam Montiel. I would just love, love, love if you would follow that, rate, review, five stars, the whole thing. It means a bunch. We're trying to launch that. Just in case some folks want the wine content on its own without the daily, I kind of have it both ways. So you will get The Poor put into this channel when it pops up every week or so, and then if you just want the wine stuff or you know someone maybe who loves you know the Where Wine Takes You podcast or love my work on the Cork Dorks and stuff like that, send them The Pour. Again, available wherever you get your podcast. Search for The Pour, P-O-U-R, with Adam Montiel. First episode, we're talking World of Pinot Noir, and we're giving you a chance to win tickets to World of Pinot Noir this weekend, Friday, Saturday. Got tasting tickets for both days. So you want to win, you can. I could be seeing you in Santa Barbara this weekend. Go to adamontiel.com, yellow bar on the home screen, check it out. Before we get into our lo-fi headlines, let's thank our friends at Tin City Distillery. Located in one of the hottest tasting locations, Tin City. Tin City Distillery is open for tastings of their spirits. Also, they're a cocktail bar. Open seven days a week, check them out. You can take tours of the distillery on the weekend. They're spirits of the highest caliber brandy. We're talking it's made from some of the best vineyards in Paso. They're canned cocktails, elevated, refreshing. Get them in four packs at your grocery store. And I'd love for you to check them out on Instagram at Tin City Distillery and, of course, online, TinCityDistillery.com. Up in Adam's Slow-Fi Headlines. All right, so tens of thousands of AT&T customers, they were affected by that massive outage last week. 
when a botched network update, still wondering if that was the case, come on, kept people from being able to use their phones, kept 911 from working for about a half a day. Customers were demanding to be reimbursed, and AT&T, well, they've listened. They will credit your accounts. Each person is going to get $5 <laughs> applied automatically to their account. It may not seem like much, but AT&T says five bucks is the average cost of a full day of service. Plus, they probably didn't have to really give anything. It's hard to get anything out of companies for service disruptions these days. AT&T said, quote, we recognize the frustration this outage has caused and know we let many of our customers down. They also said they're taking, quote, steps to prevent errors like this from happening again in the future, but they didn't elaborate on more. Okay, there are a lot of good cops out there. A few bad ones. Here, one of the bad ones. 33-year-old police officer in Columbus, Mississippi, just lost her job after she was caught shoplifting while on duty. Like, what do you got, two brain cells and they're both fighting? Her name is Robin Connor. She was working and in uniform last Wednesday when she allegedly walked out of a Dick's Sporting Goods with a pair of shoes worth almost 150 bucks. This makes you wonder. Odds are this isn't the first time she's done this. An employee saw it happen, called 911. Robin was still in uniform when fellow officers got her into custody. And this part has got a sting. They took her to jail in the back of her own car. Damn. City Council held a special meeting the next day, unanimously voted to have her canned. The chief of police called the incident embarrassing for the entire department. Robin is now out of a job and facing charges for misdemeanor shoplifting. Like, how trashy is that? Gosh. All right, what else is cooking? You hate doing laundry? Just do less of it. You're probably washing your clothes too much anyway. According to some laundry experts, a lot of us need to dial it back. If it passes the smell test, you may not even need to toss it in the hamper. Some different clothes and how often to wash them. Now, things you should only wear once, socks, yes, underwear, uh-huh, duh, undershirts, anything with visible dirt on it, and anything else that gets really sweaty, workout clothes. In general, the closer something is to your skin, the more often it needs to be cleaned. Otherwise, it can cause skin issues. Things you can wear a few times, pants, sweaters, blouses, bras, PJs, usually don't need to be washed that much. Every three or four wears is usually fine. Some things you can wear a bunch of times. The big one, jeans. Some experts say that 10 wears or more is okay, unless you go commando. If that's the case, ooh, watch that zipper. No, if that's the case, then you wanna wash them every time if you go commando. Other things that you hardly ever need to wash, outerwear, like coats, jackets, or any dress clothes you don't wear often. Too many washes, it's gonna ruin the fabric. If it's clean, doesn't smell, you good. Also reminds me of an article, when was that? It was about a year ago we read on the air. It's that we're using too much detergent. See, washing machines work by rubbing clothes together to remove dirt and soap, it helps with that. But too much can make them slick so there's not enough friction within the clothes. So how much detergent should you be using? The answer is probably less than what the bottle recommends. A small load might need as little as a tablespoon of detergent or two for larger loads. To put that into perspective, a shot glass is three tablespoons. For high efficiency washers, it's even less. 
as little as one teaspoon for small loads, two to three teaspoons for bigger loads. I've never even thought to think of our detergent as far as teaspoons and tablespoons. To start, try cutting their recommended amount in half, see how your clothes look, then dial it up or down if you need to. Again, less detergent can also prevent clothes from fading. It can, if you have sensitive skin, help less mess with your skin, and it's a lot easier on your washing machine. Okay, to this video that has gone viral, it's kind of a, a trend where mostly women doing it, but it works with anyone with a desk job who might not be very handy. The latest is this gal calling her dad, pranking him that she just got hired as an offshore oil rig worker. Listen. Heard of Exxon Mobil? Yes. It's like an oil company? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I saw like a job posting and I applied. It's an apprenticeship yeah. opportunity in an offshore oil rig and it pays so much money. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, you're in the middle of the ocean. The wind is blowing. It's probably one of the most dangerous jobs in the world. But they offered me it and they said you'd get trained. Because you may die. Why did they offer me it? Do they think I can do it? That's insanity. Because you may die. Oh, that dad was just having none of it. That's pretty funny, though. He was taking that in stride. Pretty good. All right. Uh, we're going to chat with Michael Lafreniere. He is with the uh, Mission of San Luis Obispo. He is the bell ringer. We're going to do that right after we thank our friends at the General Store Paso, offering local goods, hand-picked gifts, a curated cookbook selection, and all the best for your pantry, for your home. The team at the General Store can help you pull together just about any gift for anyone. Let them help you. Helping people connect with dozens of local makers is their jam. Celebrating over 10 years on the park downtown Paso, open daily 11 to 6, 10 to 6 on the weekends on Insta at General Store Paso. Up in Adams, lo-fi headlines. Well, what a unique opportunity to hear the mission bells of San Luis Obispo heard from inside the tower. Lead bell ringer at the mission, Michael Lafreniere, explains the history, the patterns, the bells, and even teaches us how to ring them. Thanks for being up and at him, man. Yeah, of course. This is beautiful, and this is your office. Yes, this is my office at Mission San Luis Obispo. How long have you been working in the bell tower here and running it? For 18 years. Damn. Yeah. You're about to hit a big anniversary. I know. Actually, yeah, I guess it would be 19 years. So this New Year's, I will be ringing the bells for 20 years, ringing in the New Year 20 years in a row. Now, is this a full-time job for you? No, it's a part-time job. I'm the special events and weddings bell ringer. Okay. Okay. How many special events throughout the year? Weddings, of course, I'm sure a ton. Right, weddings. So we'll have around 50 weddings a year. We'll have quinceañeras and New Year's. We have Hanukkah. We have uh, different people visiting that we'll ring the bells for. We had the Korean consulate here one time. We'll do memorial masses, all sorts of things, uh, different events where we ring the bells. I love your story personally because you were doing construction before this. Yes. And there is some familial history, right. really, to the bell ringers and your family, your mom and grandma used to ring these bells. Yes. So my mom started ringing the bells in 1976 when she was 17 years old. And she rang the bells up until 1982 when she got married. And then my grandmother took over from 82 until 2000 when she passed away. And then I started ringing the bells in 2005. Wow. Yeah. That's really cool. Uh, what was it about the bells that just kind of like, you know, lit up your mom, your grandma? What was it special? What, how does this in the family, I guess? Well, I, my mom was working here in the gift shop and my grandma was the office coordinator. 
And I guess they were just interested in the bells because they were going to have a class to teach people some of the patterns. And, you know, who doesn't love the sound of a bell or have interest in a bell? I mean, there's bells everywhere you look. Every movie that you watch, there's a bell ringing. Either you see the bell, you hear a bell. It just seems like bells are all around if you look for them. When you see a bell, do you almost think like, man, I got to get up there. How do I ring that bell? I, oh, I got to know if it's a C or a, a D minor or whatever it is. How do you, when you think of bells and like the business industry in the no aspect of it, what are you thinking of? Well, obviously the first thing I want to do is ring the bell and hear what it sounds like. <laughs> but then also it's that question of how old is this bell? Where did it come from? And like, does it still get rung regularly or is it just kind of muted? Is it cracked? It's kind of neat to find out that history. Like one of my favorite bells down at uh, Mission La Parisima is the bell that they used for, for whom the bell tolls in Hollywood. It was shipped down there. They used it for the movie, shipped it back. And when it came back, it had a crack in it. No way. How do bells get cracks by the way? Oh, for many reasons. But I mean, you could have a bell that just, with natural age, it gets worn out in one spot where the clapper keeps hitting. Or you can have someone who rings it too hard and it causes some sort of defect or it causes it like to... a structural... Ampl- yeah, there could be a defect in the metal and just by ringing it that hard causes it to crack. Do you rotate them so the... the, the what do you call it, the clapper? The clapper. Do you rotate them so the clapper doesn't hit in the same spot? Yes. So about every 40 years, these bells are supposed to be rotated. So they 40 were... 40 years. Yeah, so in 2045, we're supposed to rotate these bells. What, yeah. 180? I think that's what the bell manufacturer recommended is do a 180 and then a 90 and then another 180. Okay, got it. Wow, 40 years, that's amazing. So you're going to be so jealous. You've been to Dow Vineyards. Yeah. They have a beautiful bell up there. It's from the 1700s from Spain, (laughs) I believe. And they let us ring it the other night. It was pretty cool. Oh, wow. Yeah, beautiful sound. You would have loved it. Oh, yeah. I was thinking of you. (laughs) Uh, Let's talk a little bit more about the history. These aren't the original bells. No. But we have some of them here still at the mission. Right. Uh, What is the history of the bells that we have in here? What happened to the original? And when the mission first started here in San Luis Obispo in 1772, there wasn't even a bell tower here. Right. So when the first mission was built, it... Well, when this mission was built, it did not originally have its bell tower. And then after they got more set and they were more prosperous, they were able to build a bell tower and order a set of bells. And so that first set of bells was purchased in 1818. Those bells arrived here in 1820 and were in service until 2005. And so two of those bells are still in our garden. And then we have a third one that we don't quite know the story of. We're not sure if it's older or newer than those two bells. Where's that one? That one's in the garden next to the other two bells. Okay. And these are hanging in the sense where you could put a clapper in it and ring them. We're going to do this later on. Right. So you'll be able to hear what the old original bells used to sound like. And that's kind of a neat thing because that's exactly what they would have heard during the mission days. It's interesting you said that because we talked about this off the air too, and it's you're able to hear exactly that tonal sound that was created and reverberated through this town exactly the way it was way back then. That's right, and even more than that, we have the patterns that they rung on the bell. So it's not just the sound that the bell makes, it's the patterns that they would have heard back then too. And we still ring those patterns 
to this day on our new set. And are these like written by people or are they, or are they old church rituals? That the, where do these patterns come from? There are some traditional patterns that are rung at churches all over the place. One that we ring is called the Angelus. How's that one go? That one's just a simple pattern of three, 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 and then nine rings. Uh, but some churches... Like, dong, dong, yes, a, a tolling. Yes. Got it. Okay, got it. But some churches decide to do a different pattern. So if you go down to Mission Santa Barbara, they're going to do a pattern that has 18 rings as opposed to ours, which has nine rings. So it has variations. But then we also have a pattern called the call to mass or the call to worship. And that's one that they probably brought over from Spain. And the Spaniards taught the Native Americans how to ring that pattern. Yeah. And they rang them from the, 18, or from the 1700s up until the late 1800s. And then we got a bell ringer who rang them from the late 1800s up until the 1950s. And so that bell ringer, Gregorio Silverio, who rang the bells from the 1800s to the 1950s, he made recordings, he wrote down the patterns, he taught a few people how to ring the bells. So we have those old historic mission-era patterns. So, do we still ring on the hour? No, we don't ring on the hour. Uh, we ring at noon and 6 p.m., and then we ring for all of the masses, weddings, funerals, quinceañeras, New Year's, Hanukkah. Do some people have automatic bell ringers that do ring on the hour? Or if I'm hearing something in a city and it's an on-the-hour bell, then there must be some person up there ringing it. Most bell towers are automated. And most of the mission bell towers are automated. But yeah, I mean, if you hear bells in San Luis Obispo on the hour, it's probably from either the courthouse or one of the other bell towers in the area. But if you... Do they do it by the hour? Some of them do, yeah. The the county courthouse does it by the hour. Oh, cool. Like however many chimes per whatever hour it is. Correct. And it seems like they're always two minutes off. And that used to bother me until I realized, (laughs) wait a second, that's wonderful because if we ring our bells at exactly 6 p.m., our pattern finishes before their bells start. Oh, see? So, so yeah, it it works out. It does work out because they're probably showing deference to you guys because who's got the louder bell? Oh, we do. Yeah, (laughs) by far. Okay, so when did we get these bells? The ones that were, were literally in the bell tower right now. These bells, they must have come to us at different times, or what's the story? Yeah, so the original bells that we had hanging up here until 2005, they developed cracks, and so they had a research and uh, discovered that there was a bell foundry that could produce bells that would look similar to the bells that we had up in the tower. And so they ordered a set of five bells in 2004. They were installed here in 2005, and we've been ringing them ever since. They're named after the first five missions. And so that was one of the things that they were trying to figure out, what do you name a bell? And they figured, well, we could name them after the, the um, books of the Bible. We could name them after this, after that. And then it kind of fell into place. We're the fifth mission. We have five bells. Why not name them after the first five missions? That's pretty cool. Curious. Because you know, when people think of bells, they think of, I don't know, like the Liberty Bell. Where does a bell like that stand as far as size and just dimension compared to what's behind us here. Yeah, so a lot of people don't know the scale of some of the bells. You see the largest bell that we have here and think it's probably similar in size to the Liberty Bell. Yeah, that middle bell, I mean, or that one that right in the middle on the face of the mission is, it looks pretty big. Yeah, it is. And it weighs 748 pounds. It's a big bell. But the Liberty Bell weighs 2,080 pounds. Wow. So if you took all five of these bells and added the weight... That's 224 pounds short 
of the weight oh, of the Liberty so it Bell. Even, wow. No, if you added the weight of all these bells together, it's only one thousand eight hundred and fifty-six pounds. Have you seen the Liberty Bell before? I have not, but I've seen a replica. Yeah, is it pretty, is it a lot bigger than that one? Yes, it's a lot. So bigger. once you see the replica, yeah. then you get an idea of the scale. So, um, what kind of different tones or songs or um, patterns will you ring from up here? Are there certain ones? I mean, I know, like, I came up here one time with you at Christmas, and we're, you know, they had like a kind of a Christmas theme, and right. So, typically, we'll ring the the call to worship for every mass and wedding, funeral, etc. But we do have the opportunity to ring some other patterns on it. So, for weddings, I ring a pattern called Pleading Savior or Sing of Mary, and you know, when we first got these bells. It was one of those things where you start to think, what could I do with these notes? The notes are a little bit odd. They're B, D, E, F sharp, and A. And for a while, it was always like, oh, there's not much you can do. But then it's kind of like that mentality of limits breed creativity. And so you really have to focus of what what's possible with these bells. And then once I figured out the pattern that I now ring for weddings, it's like, I would never want a different set of notes. Like, really? This set of notes is perfect for this mission. Because I know, I think we did jingle bells, right? Yeah, we did jingle bells, but again, we don't have all the notes for that. So you can do a portion of jingle bells, but not the whole but thing. But you can do the dun, 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 dun. Yes, and that's where it can stop. Yeah, and I think that's, that's all you need, really. Right, yeah. What are, have you ever like written your own pattern that you think is really cool and really beautiful? So I've written some things, but... Like the one that I do for weddings, Pleading Savior or Sing of Mary, it is essentially the original pattern with a modification because we don't have all the notes. Mm -hmm. And then there's a few other things that I'll do that are like takes on other melodies, but nothing that's like purely original. You've never written like your own kind of... No, but that would be... Could you? I don't know. I, I guess I could. I, I mean, like, could, like if you if you tried to and came up with something, I mean, could you ring it and introduce it into the? Yeah, I could, and that's kind of how the wedding pattern that I ring now happened. Is I was up here during one of the practice sessions that we had. Someone heard it and said, "I want that that pattern at my wedding." Oh, cool! And so it was because that person requested it. I started ringing it at all of the weddings. Now, sometimes you'll see these bells, they'll be very rhythmic in their kind of, you know, clapping and they're ringing. But then all of a sudden you hear like this menagerie of like, this whole like chaotic but beautiful like chorus of the bells. Right. Do you guys do that here? We've tried it. Uh, That works better when you have more than five bells. So this is considered a peal of bells. If you have more than five, it's considered a carillon. Mm. And so there's different things that you can do with bells that way but occasionally we will have a few people up here like for um the mission college prep graduations we'll have a group of teachers come up here and each of the teachers will be ringing the bells at a different pace so if you have one person ringing the large bell at a slow pace and then uh, the small bell at a fast pace they'll necessarily at some times hit at the exact same time sometimes hit off time and so it does give this kind of neat Melody of, of sounds. Yeah. All right. Well, what do you say you teach me how to ring some bells? Definitely. All right. Let's let, do it. Let's rock the bells. Okay. Okay. So, first thing? First thing, headphones, because these bells are very loud. Yeah. You think the dog's going to be cool? He's been up here before. Yeah, I think so. Okay, fine. We'll ring soft. Yeah, make sure he's good. All right. Let's get to it. What do we do? What do we need to know about? This is the setup right here. What you do is we just kind of tug on them or you hit them or so what? What you want to do is you press down on the rope just enough so the clapper will 
come swinging and hit the lip of it. You don't want to press down and hold. You just press down and let it snap against the bell. All right, give me an example of that. Okay. Because they're really right, like, I kind of want to go check it out. So they're like... Yeah, let's check it out here. So I have these ropes preset so the clapper is only about an inch away from the edge of the bell. Yeah, let me teach you a pattern here. Okay, cool. Okay, so what I want you to do is you're going to ring the bells in this order. Uh, you're going to hit here, then here, here, then here, and then... Okay. So let, let me demonstrate. So. give you this. Okay. So it goes one, two, three, four. Correct. All right. Do it. We're about to hit the top of the hour at four o'clock. Should we hit it? Like do a dong. Sure. Dong. Yeah, we can do that. What do we want to play? So why don't we play um, different? It's a similar pattern to that. We're going. I'll I'll demonstrate it right now, just before it's four. So we'll start on the highest bell, and we'll go. Okay, cool. All right, well, we have one minute. Let's see. So what you're going to do is go down the scale and then back up. So if you start with that one. Dun, 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 dun. Exactly. All right, here we go. Got some fun video I'm going to be posting too on Insta from our time with Michael, who I want to thank sincerely for his time. Always love catching up with him. And I can't wait to bring another conversation with him towards the end of the year when he will be celebrating his 20th year ringing the bells at the mission. Now, have you ever considered joining the club over at Dow Vineyards? If so, now's the time. It is all about you there. Access exclusive wines, special pricing, unforgettable events like the Member Sunset Series, Members on the Mountain, their Artisan's Wine Dinner. They do it up for their club members. Go to DowVineyards.com, join the club, let's raise a glass together 
and just get up there and taste and check it out. DowVineyards.com. All right, conversations coming up I'm super excited about. We're going to meet Monica from Monica's Macarons. Yeah, it's not macaroons. Uh, uh, uh. We're going to make macarons with Monica. I'm a big fan of hers. What she makes is so delectably good. Man, her stuff is tasty. Also, we're going to meet Caitlin Caney. Speaking of tasty, Caitlin is the CEO and running the show over there at Catania Brothers. Great history, obviously. We're talking from the 40s in San Luis Obispo. Caitlin is going to show us around the plant. We're going to get an inside look with video, a conversation. Can't wait for that. We'll talk more this week about the anatomy of putting together a TEDx talk. I have learned so much about TEDx in just this short time being asked to do this talk coming up April 14th, that the talk in and of itself, I mean, there are people who are keynote speakers or you know public speakers who their whole vibe is just to get one of these on their resume. God only knows how we fell into this. I am so excited. I'm nervous as hell but I'm thrilled. It's the kind of thing you never say no to. A TEDx talk? Hell yeah. But rather than kind of rolling the curtains back on whatever, you know, presumptive, hopefully brilliance I can come up with for 15 minutes, I wanted to really talk to different folks here on the show up until April and really show you the anatomy of putting this speech together. So as you listen to the show, and hopefully you come out April 14th, on, it's a Sunday, April 14th, to the pack at Cal Poly. And I would love to see you there. But if you do see the speech that day, it's going to be so much more fulfilling as you've experienced us putting it together. You're going to feel really, really a part of it. That's my hope. Again, don't forget a brand new episode of The Poor. Our debut episode is out now. World of Pinot Noir. Kobe Parker Garcia, El Lugar, Eric Johnson, Tally Vineyards, and Stacey Jacob from World of Pinot Noir and Solterra Strategies. Don't forget World of Pinot Noir this weekend, Friday, Saturday. We got your chance to win tickets. Go to adammontiel.com. Click on the homepage. Can't miss it. I'm excited for our next episode. Already looking down the pike of our next episode of The Pour with Madeline Paquette from Wine Folly. I'm stoked. It's going to be a great conversation. But we want to let this episode sizzle a bit. Got a brand new episode of Where Wine Takes You, which we're going to France. That's a whole other That's a whole other story I didn't get to tell you. We're going to France. Where Wine Takes You. We're going to be up and down the Rhone with Alma Waterways. Can't wait for that episode to drop later on this week and tell you about that because I would love for you to come to France with us. Heck yeah. If this is the first podcast of your day or any podcast in your day, I want you to know that I appreciate you so, so much. Please take a moment, whether it's on social or anyway, if you could thank the friends that support this show, it means a lot. General Store Paso, McClintock's, Barometer Coffee. You could still win some Barometer Coffee. Go to adamontiel.com. Dow Vineyards, We Help You Legal. Tin City Distillery, The Woods Humane Society. We are taking broadcasting to the next level here. We're the first ones to do this. A daily podcast, serving, talking about, and talking to the folks on the Central Coast. We are beyond FM. Heard in 50 states, 30 countries. FM say, what? I had lunch with Dave Congleton yesterday, which was fantastic. He was telling me that Cal Poly doesn't even teach radio broadcasting anymore. It's all podcasting. See, it's the future. The medium is changing. And we're pioneering it here for the Central Coast as a daily podcast. So thank all these folks who are supporting local broadcasting and your boy, 
right here. I mean, this is it. So please, in the show notes, you can see links to all the folks who support the show. It is my desire that you would show them some love and support them as well. I want to thank our friends Moonshiner Collective for original music on the show called Start Again. Follow them online, Moonshiner Collective, also moonshinercollective.com to get your tickets to the March 22nd show that's in San Luis Obispo at Slowbrew Rock, formerly known as Slowbrew Rock. Now it's called Rod and Hammer Rock. Just get to moonshinercollective.com and get your tickets to that March 22nd show. Can you believe tomorrow? Be the middle of the week. This week's going by quick. Can't wait to connect with you then. I'm your host, Adam Montiel. Thank you for being up and at it. Start again. Let's start again.